0: Soto here, and we have a special episode today. We're going to talk about the root code for creating authentic brands with Patrick Hanlon, my guest. Stay right with us. We'll be right back with you.
1: This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto.
0: Patrick welcome to the show hey Joe how are you doing I'm great and I am fired up this is probably one of the most anticipated episodes I've had we're about 12 episodes or so into my podcast into the not your average Joe show and I'm trying to highlight people that are not average and you my friend are not average I love your work I love your book let's tell everyone about your books here soon um Thank you. And more importantly, your, your your framing and philosophy around branding. And I don't think anyone has helped me think through uh, branding and marketing the way that you have through through your book, through your work, through presentations I've seen with you. And I'm so excited to have you here with the group. So let's talk first, um, uh, give a little, ba- little bit of background um, on you. Uh, for everybody listening and everybody watching, uh, I'll give the the 10 second, uh, background. And then I want Patrick to elaborate. Patrick is the author of the book Primal Branding, which is, by the way, I love this cover It it, in, it, in and of itself is unique. And he's one of the leading global authorities on branding. And so he normally is working with, you know, the who's who of the fortune 500 out there. And really quite honestly, some fortune 50 companies and billion dollar brands, and we have them today. So I wanna encourage everyone to ask questions if you're here live with us. If you're not, you'll benefit from some of the Q&A that we'll take towards the end. So Patrick, give us a little bit of background. How'd you come up with this? And maybe a little backstory on you so you can set the frame for the rest of the discussion here.
1: Yeah, I was born in Oceanside, California. Uh, I went to the University of Minnesota. It took me about 20 years to graduate. (laughs) I uh, spent my career in New York. And a couple other places, and basically, I was writing, uh, working on big campaigns, writing Super Bowl spots and stuff like that. And I came across a a client problem. I was the one of the global creative directors on a on a brand, big brand that we all know. And I just felt that something was wrong in my gut. And you know, it happens sometimes. And the in fact, things were wrong with the with the company and they're almost going out of business and the company was Lego. And, uh, at that same time that I felt that something was sort of awry, uh, McKinsey, uh, was a consultant, a McKinsey consultant was talking to the family and telling them if they continued the way they were going, they'd be out of business in two or three years. And the basic thing that was wrong with them was that, uh, they had become, we didn't use this word back then, but they'd become inauthentic. And um, I just felt in my gut that something was wrong. And because I was going back and forth between Billen in Denmark, the headquarters, uh, and to London, where Lego uh, Legoland is, and then uh, San Diego, where the other Legoland is, Carlsbad, um, I had a great scope of the, the whole organization. And so I looked at the... Uh, I asked myself the question, why do we care about some products and services and not about others? Basically, you know, on weekends while I was gardening in my backyard in Connecticut and uh, and I just explored that. And one of the first things I thought of, well, they all have logos, <laughs> I just looked at all thought about all the big brands and what did they have in common. Right. And so they all have a logo and they all had well, they had a website. Um, this is two thousand and one, so it was a while ago but the um they all like yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> day before yesterday the um yeah, they all had certain characteristics, they had slogans and so forth, and I just started to parse it apart and uh and broke it down and they all what they all had all these powerful brands all had a creation story, Apple started in a garage, Nike started in the trunk of, you know phil 's car. Uh, and so forth. They all had a uh, some kind of tagline or what I called creed. Uh, think different. Just do it. Uh, if you're in the Marines, Semper Fi. Uh, uh, e pluribus unum. Right. Uh, they all had logos uh, and which are icons, uh, which go from the flag, the U.S. flag, to uh, to the Nike swoosh, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. But. The added discovery that I had was that uh, icons cover all the senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. And so that sort of ro- helps round out a brand. And uh, they have a special like lexicon, uh, Ice Grande, Skinny Decaf Latte, or um, Freedom for All, right? Uh, they have uh, – or Code, or um, – uh, if you try to buy a house, you quickly learn that the real estate business has, has its own set of words, right? Yeah. And then there's a group of people that are non-believers or pagans. Uh, uh, they were, I called them pagans until I got a text from or an email from Australia saying that was politically incorrect. Um, and then they became oh. non-believers. But the, for everyone who goes to Starbucks, other people are going to Dunkin' Donuts, uh, the IBM, I mean, excuse me, Macs and PCs yeah. uh, um, and so forth. And then finally, there's the leader. So you wrap, take these, uh, uh, the leader who set out against all odds in order to recreate the world according to their own point of view, whether that's Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, Walt Disney. And so once you put all those seven pieces together, we call that primal code. uh, We create what we call a strategic brand narrative. And that narrative helps guide everything that we do in terms of uh, reassessing a brand, recreating a brand. Launching a new brand. So
0: let's talk about how a now hopefully everybody understood and heard how fast you went through that framework. You went through there's really seven pieces of this code. No, it's okay. So to reiterate the seven pieces real quick: creation story, creed, icons, rituals, lexicon, non-believers, and leader. This makes up the framework. Is are these put did you put these in a particular order or And what is the order of importance?
1: It's basically um, where are you from? What do you believe in? You know, what do you like? What what do you not like? You know, how do you look? What do you dress like or whatever? What kind of car do you drive? What kind of house? Where's your house? Where do you live? What do you like to do? What do you don't like to do? The way you talk. And then you're the leader. And so I've just very colloquially filled in all the seven pieces of code. So it's pretty easy. Uh, the, easy for you. I guess so, yeah. But to ask your answer your question, they, it's not that any of them are uh, – they're all important. That's the yeah. answer. It, and human beings are complex. And the reason – I think the reason – one of the reasons why there are so few really powerful brands is because they're going after one thing, you know, the why or – or something, and so leadership, or something, and uh, as complex human beings, those seven things just happen to ping both the rational and the emotional parts of our brains that help things to make sense, and if you make more sense than the person next to you, or the product next to you, you win, and it's as simple as that, so
0: I, yeah. You're genius uh, and simple, right, and, and uh, I know you say it's easy and simple, but um, while the framework's simple to understand and remember, it isn't Something that's always easy to apply. So, how would a um, uh, an, a starter, a startup entrepreneur? I know you've worked with startups and you've spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley. How does a startup who might be under the impression that branding is all about brand identity pieces, uh, maybe stuck on just the icon piece, yeah? And how do we look um, and portray ourselves from an image standpoint and visual aspect? How does a, a entrepreneurial startup apply this? And do they, do they apply it from like day one? Like, is it part of their planning before they even get into anything?
1: Yeah. The, um, first of all, it is easy to apply. One of the first exercises we do after we um, run through the, the code and everything with you know, more detail is we uh, give people 10 minutes to create a brand. And so they have you know, a rock or something like that. That's their, uh, their inspiration. And how do you now create a company around that? and uh, what's your creation story, create icons and so forth, fill in the pieces of code. They have 10 minutes to do that and everyone loves it and everyone can do it. And they come back with, with oftentimes amazing ideas. But the uh, Silicon Valley is unique because um, in, on the, in Silicon Valley, they kind of keep or try to keep uh, marketing, branding, um, advertising, et cetera, et cetera, at, at arm's length while they're building their product. Yeah. Um, Uh, that's, it's not like that in the East coast, they're a little more accepting of uh, doing branding and marketing and so forth. But the fact is, is that the moment that you take that idea that you wrote on the back of an envelope, you know, here, this, (laughs) and share it with someone, someone uh, the next person, you know, uh, the, uh, you're already, you're already branding yourself. And, uh, you have to understand that you're creating a dialogue with someone. You're starting a narrative and about this idea or product or service. And so you have to, if you line up all those pieces and have that narrative filled out, you'll be much more successful at it. And so a lot of times, people um, in startups they focus so much on the product and they have their heads down, which they need to do because they have to build the thing. But when they prairie dog up, pop up, you know, oftentimes uh, they could have been using that six months 12 months 18 yeah. months, whatever it was to start building uh creating that narrative and and having that narrative and telling one and gaining advocacy and support for your product so you're not uh out begging for money you're you already have uh, accumulated a, um, a community around yourself and so the you don't have to go out and try to get the the warm intros from complete strangers sometimes right? But, I I yeah. love
0: this. So. I, I love the fact that you gave people, you give people exercises to create their, to fill out their code basically and come up with their brand in 10 minutes using your framework.
1: Yeah. Well, um, that's that's the thing about uh, branding, right? Is you can ask 10 different people what a brand is and get 10 different answers. And yeah. we just say that brands are belief systems. And once you create a belief system, you attract others who share your beliefs and that nothing's more, Authentic or purpose-driven than that.
0: You start your book off with saying that. Actually, I think that might even be like one of the first sentences. But you also say all belief systems have seven pieces of code that work together to make them believable, which is the code. And you said the more pieces, the more the more pieces that these brands have put together, the more believable the belief system becomes. Right. Yeah. So when you work with companies, you also you're you're probably very quick to identify which codes they've got figured out and which ones are the gaps, which is what the framework gives you is an ability to do that with your Personal brand, your own company, but for you as a consultant working with other companies.
1: Yeah, we uh, the first thing we do always is deconstruct the brand into its parts and try to fill in. And and actually, the uh, clients or prospect client prospects, they're doing that as we're going (laughs) uh, running through the seven pieces. They're deconstructing their brand in their in their heads and going, oh, we have that. Yeah, we have that. We have that. The one of the things that uh, makes it. this interesting is they're not not only that they're doing that but it's um when we do that and are able to deconstruct it break it down like that it becomes much more intentional and yeah. that i think i mean a lot of people say oh yeah we already do that but you're doing it unknowingly and um a lot of people so really all i've done is break down what people have been successful people have been doing right and i acknowledge that but they did it through gut instinct through hiring smart partners with a lot of luck, a lot of trust, yeah. uh, good financing, and so forth. And this just streams streamlines that process so you can accelerate from day one, really. And the uh, once you fig- have it figured out anyway. And, um, and do it intentionally. And understand where you're going and what your vision is. And then um, be very proactive about how you're doing it. I think it makes the branding
0: process tangible when most people think of it as this Oh. Open, air, open air concept and they don't know how to, they don't have blanks to even fill in, let alone know that there could be that when, when uh, I started, I recently uh, took on a new project with a partner of mine. We're getting ready to launch a new product together. And um, it, we had a planning session scheduled. And before the planning session, I took an hour and I did a, I did a mind map mm-hmm. and one of the mind map legs, I wrote primal brand and, and then wrote all seven splintered legs on my mind map. And it was remarkable how fast I was able to fill in those blanks. And then a the couple that I couldn't, I left open for when we had our meeting mm-hmm. and he filled in really easily because he had already been thinking of it, but not as intentional as I had been. And yeah. he was like, I love this framework. I said, no, it's out of the book. Primal, primal branding. Sorry. Um, And I mentioned to you, I had actually spoken to him before the show when we talked, I actually spoke to this person this morning and he said, I have the book now because that he was the one I was working on this project. Yeah. On. So the speed at which you can do this, this is for everyone listening who's like, my gosh, Patrick works with billion dollar brands. I, I'm, I'm you know, maybe a uh, solopreneur or I'm a lone digital marketing consultant sitting in my home office or I have a small boutique marketing agency or I'm an entrepreneur that is not going to do a billion dollars this year. We it, this applies to you, and I think what turned me on to your work originally was I'm not Lego or Pepsi or Levi's um, or some of these other brands that you've worked with. But yeah. I know this applies to me, and it stops me in my tracks to go. I need to rethink just throwing mud at the wall, or you know, kind of just putting myself out there so haphazardly, which is what I've. If I'm being completely transparent, I'm just. I feel like I've done. No. I mean, people think I have guests on here, Patrick, to educate them and just to give value to them. I kind (laughs) of do it sometimes for selfish reasons, but I feel like if I'm having this issue and I'm struggling with this, maybe other people are.
1: Yeah. I know the feeling. Yes. And the, um, uh, yes, before there was a book, the, um, I used to talk about this concept, um, because in, in CEO circles, president circles and stuff like that. And the, uh, Uh, It took a while to get the book out, but the um, and one guy was sitting in the audience. And the minute that I said, "Oh, you can do this internally," this creates internal brands. Also, he 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 kind of popped up and uh, he went back to his office that day and wrote out the code just like you did, Joe. And he formed a culture inside of his company. So he was um, when he heard me speak. He was like, I don't know, if two or three million dollar company. It was a, a tech company. Um, and, uh, about three years later, he sold it for 10 or $12 million and, th- but he kept his stock and the company that he flipped it to, they flipped it again at- for $150 billion. Wow. So the buyer could not said that they could not recreate that culture that he had built. And so, yes, it so were. You
0: did it early with your framework. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, we've used the framework with a conservancy in Kenya. I mean, we'd work. Yes, we work with billion-dollar brands, but you don't have to have a billion dollars to do this. You can do it yourself. Obviously, like like you said, Uh, we also worked with the conservancy in Kenya, and uh, we we used code and we borrowed some favors. I had someone make uh, a new logo for us. Uh, and a website and uh, which most people think is the brand. Um, but, <laughs> and we've filled in all the other blanks as well. And we won the, uh, this was in 2016 and we won the um, eco-conservancy uh, award in the, in the con- for the continent of Africa, eco-tourism award, excuse me, ecotourism award for the continent of Africa. And all we did was use promo code. They And this conservancy does not have a marketing person. They don't have a budget or anything. And we did it with $0. And uh, then this is against all the hotels, all the airlines, all the tourism boards, all the... And it's just building the story. Well, you said something about how most people might think that their
0: website's the brand. And I know there's so many different definitions of branding. Yours is my favorite, which is that... It, your brand. It's based on a belief system that they are belief systems that people can get behind. And once you have those pieces figured out, um, you're more likely to create this culture of believers who f- follow you in your tribe. But most people go, I'm going to I need some branding help. I need it. I need a logo. I need a website. I need some envelopes <laughs> with my design on it. Yeah. I need some business cards. And they go, that's my brand. And you do not look at it like that at all. In fact, it's just one small component of one of your codes.
1: Really? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, the uh, you know the business cards, the logo, the website, they're really icons, and you had trouble yeah. with rituals. But every time you hand someone your business card, that's if you do the that, ritual. I don't know of anyone that does that anymore. But the but <laughs> I that, do. I still do. Ritual. Great. And then um, going on the website is a ritual. And God knows we have plenty of rituals on this. Going
0: one. to Starbucks every day is a ritual.
1: Starbucks is a ritual. What I love
0: about this, this is my—I I, drink my shake in this this morning, um, and it, there's this—the name Starbucks isn't on it. I know when I was doing it this morning, I'm like, this would be perfect because we're going to talk about this on the show. They didn't start though like this. They've developed their brand, their icon, their logo. It transformed and evolved into that over yeah. many years. Now it's so recognizable. They could actually probably even change a little bit, which they have, the inner part of that icon and logo, but even the coloring and the shape. I know you talk a lot
1: about how even just yeah. shapes the become color icons. The, the mermaid's iconic. The color green's iconic. The cup is iconic. The stores are iconic. And we used to talk about the environment inside the uh, mm-hmm. Starbucks, uh, inside the Starbucks, and the feel that it gave you when you walked inside. And the feel was really... Um, it felt like, well, it was at that time, it was people who could afford, you know, two or three dollars for a cup of coffee. Right. Well, everyone else was selling one cup of cups of coffee, 50 cents or whatever. Right. And yeah. so it was a certain uh, type of person that went in there and someone who could afford that, basically. And so the you were surrounded by people like you. And I actually. um Watched as Starbucks spread from uh, Seattle, you know, across to Chicago, I was in Chicago at the time, then moved to new, back to New York. And there was at that time when I moved back to New York, so this was a while ago, but there was only one Starbucks. And luckily, it was about five blocks away. So I'd hike over there. <laughs> in New York? In New York, yeah. Oh Starbucks, and it was on, uh, I want to say, 7th Avenue up in the 50s. It, it, I've lived in Manhattan there is there is a Starbucks
0: literally on every corner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. About a couple months later there was one in the building, you know. And uh they just hadn't reached there yet. The tide, the tsunami had not arrived yet. Yeah, tsunami. Yeah. And then you'd, you know, find one in London, you'd find one in Paris, and there's one in uh uh, uh in uh, Beijing, you know, there's one on the on the Great Wall. <laughs> There's one in the Forbidden Palace. There was one in the Forbidden Palace, but they thought finally figured out that it was probably a bit of a <laughs> sacrilege, so they yanked it out. But yeah. It's like putting a McDonald's
0: in the bottom of a hospital. I there my when my wife was pregnant with I want to say our third third child, there was a McDonald's in the bottom of the hospital. And I'm yeah. like, this doesn't make any sense to me that they're a McDonald's into the, the hospital. Okay, so let's talk about
1: unless you've uh, tried hospital food.
0: Yeah, right. I know, which is just as bad. Um, so rituals was was one of the simplest to understand concepts in the book, but one of the hardest for me to figure out. How do I apply the ritual with intentions yeah. to my business? So, you mentioned a few rituals. There's so many different types of rituals. You, um, from texting to tweeting and and you know sc- yeah. you know scrolling on Facebook when as soon as you get out of bed doing selfies my daughter is you know the, the 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 queen of doing little selfie videos on tiktok um, my son but how do we intentionally inject rituals into the business
1: yeah well sometimes it's a part of the business itself you know if you have a automotive company and you're changing tires and all that that i mean the change on tire or uh, getting a tune up and all that, those are ritual events for all auto- of In the automotive industry, right? There are a lot of other things that we don't think of. Uh, There are social rituals like uh, birthdays, you know. Cultural rituals like we just had one, right? Halloween. Uh, There are uh, political rituals like the one that we're all waiting for right now, and um, and so the. When you break them down like that, and then there's things surrounding your business, so you just have to break it down like you did uh, the seven pieces of code okay what are the what are the rituals? I mean walking through the door, that's a ritual you know, and how you greet them or don't greet them is a ritual. and if you think of things that like of of them as rites or celebrations or um small mini uh what is Google calls them moments, right? when we're online. And so you can break it down into all those moments and, and differentiate yourself that way. I like that. I actually thought of it also as something that
0: when I was doing it for my business, I was trying to think through what do I want people who are following my brand, following me to do. Mm -hmm. And then, then that answer could be, well, that do I, want how do I get them to do it consistently? So it becomes a rich rituals. For example, you know, if I, maybe if I'm a business, I'm watching. And I'm, and I'm an entrepreneur watching this. Maybe it's blogging consistently, mm-hmm. or you know, yep. posting on YouTube because you know you're taking, you're leveraging a ritual that's already taken place, which is people who are going on YouTube every day. How can you show up to be part of that ritual, let alone be yep. one of the people who's participating in it by being consistent with your your content that you're putting out in your content marketing. So that's how, that's part of how I interpreted it. I don't know if I
1: was yep. on the right track or
0: not. Anyway.
1: Oh, no, you are. And all uh, the other thing I want to point out is all seven pieces are points of differentiation. So yeah. you, your purpose then is to figure out how can you do this. Other people are doing this. How can you do it differently? And once you line up all those seven things, then you are going to be differentiated inherently and um, holistically. And then it's a it's not just identifying them by the way and and then um, producing uh, on them. It's you have to then articulate them and keep them refreshed and, and, uh, updated. What pe- what happens is that, uh, companies, once they become successful, they kind of lean back. Okay. Now we've done our work and let's reap, enjoy the riches, so to speak. And they get a little, uh, fat and lazy. And then all of a sudden they become irrelevant. You know, there are three kinds of advertising. There's, Hey, you, uh, we're incredible come by us now, or you suck. There's, um, Look at all the different things we made. That's the second kind. And then there's the third kind, which is truly pathetic, which is, hey, we forgot about you. Uh, We ignored you. (laughs) And uh, please come back, right, which is the toughest spot to be in. So what you want to do is understand where you are as a brand and what your assets are, because these are all assets that are your differentiators. And then you want to keep them fresh and and pumping and alive and vital and relevant.
0: Well, these are two invaluable lessons for someone to think through. And quite honestly, if they just came into the program right now, I would say you definitely want to rewind the last 60 seconds because what you said is so important. People ask me every day, Joe, how do I differentiate myself? How do I show up uniquely in the marketplace? And your answer and the answer is, it is as simple there's seven points of differentiation that if you learn these seven points you describe in the Primal Branding book that you are talking about here with us live, mm-hmm. then you will you'll achieve that. And because most people don't have a structure, they just it's again, that's one of those Jack Trout wrote was it Jack Trout wrote the book Differentiate or Die. Um, they wrote Positioning as well, which is really good. Um, and I'll come on forgetting the other author. I'm sorry, but in, in the Differentiate <laughs> or Die, it still left it hanging as a concept that you couldn't tangibly work out, which you're a framework where you can say, go, here's 10 minutes to go figure out your brand, but you've got seven pieces to help you think it through. So you're, it's almost like deconstructing the Lego. So you can look at each piece individually, yeah. makes it a whole lot easier to put it back together. So I love that. And then you hit on the, one of the next things that I wanted to talk to you about, My one of my favorite chapters in the book, which was on primal personality because it talks about and, and speaks to personal brands. You talk about a lot of different ones in there from David Letterman to Oprah and so on. Mm-hmm. And you give examples of how primal branding is is works through for um, for personal brand. But you also mentioned that marketers must use the word reinvigorate themselves. Mm-hmm. but it's but and I would say and, and I know that's that's a little yeah. different than reinvent because sometimes reinvent is you're kind of completely rebrand, but yeah. reinvigorate is, how do you keep fresh, like you said, so you don't go stale, so you don't have to advertise we forgot about you when it's too late? So how do, how do people do this? How do they reinvent or reinvigorate? Because you actually specifically say marketers. Yeah.
1: Well, it uh, depends who you are. I mean, if you're a marketer and you have a product or service, that's one thing. If you're Lady Gaga or Madonna, remember yeah. Madonna used to change her, switch out her brand and so did the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all these other people, uh, David Bowie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, every, what, 18 to 24 months, every time they were putting out a new um, uh, piece of music. And so the that's the one thing, and how do you keep relevant and stay relevant, maintain relevance, and keep an audience. And if you start to think of your users or customers as an, as audiences, which we kind of have to do these days because we have to, as we're activating each piece of primal code, we are dropping those pieces um, as communications, little bits, of, bits and bytes of communications throughout our media ecosystem. It goes across digital, social and traditional mar- uh, media, right? And so how do you, what do you put where? And so that's, a, um, uh, that's what we're involved in right now. So you uh, do through learning engines and AI in the sophisticated formats, but the, uh, you can do it on your own as well. I,
0: yeah, I think of, um, brands that we're all familiar with, like, like Apple or Starbucks and the evolution again of their logo and icons, um, demonstrates their willingness to do what you're suggesting, which is sometimes taking a great risk. I mean, it's not like Coke switching to new Coke and then bombing. It's, it's, um, how do you- keep, like Pepsi freshened their logo up, which it seems risky, but it it worked it worked for Starbucks it's worked for apple and well, to, yeah. i mean and and uh I think starbucks. people to be willing to take those risks in their business to stay yeah. fresh and not go stale how and i'm I mean this is where you come in
1: <laughs> well, people who have high usage like starbucks we have if if you go to Starbucks, you're there every day you know and you're holding the cup every day, and apple you know i'm on my iPhone, way too much, and I'm on a right now, right? And so the um, uh, they have to switch things up a little bit. And if you're an Apple person, you know that you hear something about Apple every day, whether it's about the new product, uh, the new product compared to the old product, the new iPhone versus the old iPhone versus. You know whether uh, a droid or google phone or whatever in the or samsung and then you hear about the stock price and you hear what uh tim cook's doing and you know hear about um when they were building the, the oh you hear about apple tv let's say or when they were building the headquarters you heard about the donut that they were building and uh so because you're hearing about the stock price price which is economics or money uh, financial uh, you're hearing about the phone which is about product design you're hearing about ITV which is something else you're hearing about the headquarters which is architecture yeah. and, uh, Johnny Ives or Tim um, Cook which is or Steve Jobs right um, which is personality because they're in the, all these different segments it's not like in your interest you're opted in. Uh it's not like the energizer bunny bang 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 banging bang you at you over and over again with the same damn message, right? Which is just yeah. irritating. And so you opt into all these messages and you because you're a an advocate, maybe even a zealot, um you want it and you want more of it.
0: Yeah, well, well put. Okay, let's let's uh Let's deconstruct one of your favorite brands. Well, here. Well, before we do that, here's a question: it says, do colors for B two C and B two B brands differ much? Is there much difference between how a B two C or B two B business chooses colors?
1: Let's want to talk about color for a moment. Yeah, color's iconic. You know, I mean, there are lots of articles about this. How like how often people uh, people use red and how often people use uh, uh, blue. And uh, also, how often people use the typeface Helvetica, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. color's important, and it's important. To, I mean, every year, as many of you probably know, uh, there's a new color that comes out, and all of a sudden, you see it all over the place in fashion and so forth. So, I don't. Last year it was this this kind of orangey thing, or a couple of years ago was that orange? Yeah. I don't know what the new color. Your couch, is. your couch is kind of that orange. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, a burnt orange. there was that, uh, kind of greenish color. That was the, uh, the flip side of this, <laughs> that all the highway people were, were working with construction people were wearing. And, um, I forget what the color is now some form of purple. Maybe I can't remember it, but anyway, uh, yeah, color is important. And it doesn't matter. By the way, uh, B2C brands, uh, their B2C is not really valid or relevant anymore. Uh, we talk to, uh, to people as people, as human beings. And, uh, I mean, look, uh, uh, people have been bringing work home for years, right, and working, you know, Sunday night on it or whatever it is. And so that barrier between um, the work life and the home life has um, work life and home life has uh, dissolved separated and we're always working it seems and COVID is living proof of that. Right. So, so
0: here's a, here's a, here's a random, <laughs> random question. People sometimes say there's no, there's no such thing as stupid questions, only stupid people. So don't judge me here. So no I notice a pattern in, in fast food brands. So McDonald, and the pattern tends to be orange, yellow, and red when we talk about colors. Yeah. So, You've got McDonald's, which is you know orange and yellow or whatever, and you've got In-N-Out Burger, which is yellow and red. I think you've got you know red and white of Jack in the Box and KFC with a little black in there. You've got mm-hmm. uh, Hardee's, which is orange and yellow, um, Carl's Jr., which is like red, orange, and yellow. Yeah, there's a pattern with these fast food oh. places. Is am I? Is this something I'm? Am I I crazy here? Or are those just evoking happy feelings?
1: Yeah, you're not crazy. The um, thing is, is that some of our, um, some of these things are actually hard from the primal code are actually hardwired into our brains to have us uh, pay attention. And icons are definitively hardwired to our brains and uh, to keep us safe. And so like smell, you know, if we smell smoke, there's fire. Uh, yeah. You know, don't put your finger on the stove um, and color, you know, is there they're all there to um, identify potential dangers and then through. So that's why we're alerted to new things like fashion, new cars that are rolling down the highway, um, anything that pops up that's suddenly new and, and different because our brains are kind of attenuated to uh I don't know if that's the right word, but anyway, they're activated by those things, the stimuli, and uh, to make sure that we're safe, and that's why we rubberneck when we pass accidents because our brains are accumulating all that data as we roll by, so that we don't do it to ourselves, yeah, so we don't do it to ourselves, and the um, uh, so the those things are alert us when they're new and fresh and interesting, but uh, over time, of course our brain understands that it's no danger to us and it starts to become a little bit boring. We've seen it over and over again. It's boring. And so it uh, becomes old and tired and, be- and that's how things go from, uh, if they don't have a story around it, that's how uh, uh, things become a fad, I guess.
0: Yeah. This is good stuff. That yeah. says B to H marketing is the new norm. B to human yeah. marketing. Yeah. I love that business to human. That's, That is everything. I I, I think sometimes we forget that we're not marketing to a thing. We're marketing to people who have their own interpretations, and we can influence that uh, ethically and persuasively if we think through your your framework. These seven, I I like calling it, I know you call it primal code. Um, My favorite sentence, I I keep putting this quote in my promotion of the show, was that at the the core of every human being Mm -hmm. is the desire to connect. Yeah these connections are made not just by digital code but with primal code. So it's more than just doing shows like this to connect with people. It's yeah. about what do you stand for? What do you believe in and what are your belief systems that you would want people that would follow you to adopt or be a part of. I mean this is um yeah this is really I mean there's this is layered in all of your 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 concepts but most certainly in the non-believer's side.
1: Well we're hardwired hard to connect with people. And yeah. so that's why isolation or being alone, you know, has been a, a form of punishment, right? <laughs> That's what makes this uh, um, uh, sequestering <laughs> and quarantining that we're going through now. So ugly for some people is that uh, some people are, are literally alone and uh, in a small little cube in Manhattan or somewhere in their apartment or LA and they uh, can't interact with others like they might have if they were going to the office, which they're no longer doing. Both
0: well, and you told me that you, you know, you basically, Minneapolis is a hub for you. Yeah, I love everything about Minneapolis except for the fact when they sometimes beat Iowa in football, but that's just me I'm <laughs> from Iowa. So that's the only beef we have with Minnesota. I love Minnesota otherwise. Uh, and this is in a restaurant down there in Lakeville. Um, so I try to get back when I can, but I love, the fact that you said when we were first talking, you said, Joe, I normally go back and forth between San Francisco and New York. A lot of my clients are in these different places and, or, or Paris. I think you said, I think it was the, you travel the world. Yeah. But, but because of quarantine, because of the pandemic, because of the 2020 craziness, uh, you're doing more things like this to, to kind of spread, spread your word and, and uh, your work on primal branding and, and taking on shows and virtual events. And so I really appreciate this. I have, one more thing I want to t- touch on. Are you okay if we go a little long here?
1: I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Remind me of, to mention the fact that uh, people who are interested should go to emerging.primalbranding.co, not .com, but .co, the company, um, because we have something special on there that they might interest uh, be interested in to follow up on. Okay. So, so it'll show up in your comments and here on the screen. That's correct? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect.
0: Yeah, bingo. Yeah, and if you're listening, we'll make sure to put this in the show notes so you can click on the link and go to it as well. So it's emerging.primalbranding.co. Um, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. In uh, in the book, one of the seven pieces of code is lexicon, the mm-hmm. words and language that we use. Every community has its own words, you say. Yeah. And, most, and you gave a great example of that with Starbucks. I mean, they invented a whole new language around ordering coffee. Yeah. Um I always say that if my my father was alive there would be two things that he would be completely shocked by which was that we pay this much for coffee cuz he passed before Starbucks hit the wave and number two that we pay for water that's a whole other subject. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because we we paying for bottles of water now. Um how do we come up with our own language? How do we come up with our own lexicon? How do you come up with words that you can own and there's a, I think there's a there's a there's a part of creativity has to go into that that people may feel like they're a little helpless in like wait a minute am I creative enough to come up with my own languaging around my brand and make that part of how someone talks about me and those words are unique or that language or that style of communi- communication that builds community yeah. is unique to me
1: yeah well some of it's inherent i mean if you're uh in soccer or something and you are uh, playing it and you're creating a team around that, uh, soccer has its own language, right? If you're building code, that has its own language, right? And uh, if you're in the insurance business, that has its own language and so forth. So every industry category has its own language. And the uh, so if you're creating a company within that industry, you may use um, – the same terms of art, or you may use different ones. And I think that we experience this when people switch jobs, they spend the first week or month or, or longer uh, at their new employment, uh, learning all the words that everyone else kn- knows and also learning not just the words uh, that help them do their jobs, but also the jokes and the anecdotes that everyone else is laughing at uh, because they want to fit in to that culture, to that community.
0: Great, great example.
1: And uh, it's uh, it's the HR's job, really, or everyone's job, really, to understand that as people are coming into their community, they're complete strangers. I mean, they're outsiders, right? And so if you want to be warm and welcome them into your community, you have to help them figure out the words. You have to f- help them figure out the jokes and everything else. And then it's a transition. And so one of the ways that people have been using Primal, by the way, is helping um, veterans, um, re-engage in the civilian community because they are coming out of the military. They're coming to the civilian world. And by the way, the words are not the same. It's changed. Yeah. Everything's different. And so, uh, I don't
0: want to go down that rabbit. No, and you yeah. hear a lot of people in the military sometimes will bring their language to pop culture or to their friends and family. And they're, and they have to remember this isn't, they're not talking to their uh their peers that are you know they're the true peers okay so your book just one more time primal branding and jamie just says i'm enjoying the book i realize it was signed by him which means she probably bought it on a used bookstore and i, I think she <laughs> might have bought your hardcover, hardcover scary version um jamie is a uh runs run does uh she's the solar she is jamie green the solar queen out of uh northern california i know jamie really? Um she's in the Bay Area, but question for you, yeah, this book is required reading at YouTube. What does that really mean
1: oh um I'll just write it on the solar queen the um yes uh, there's, there's the book <laughs> there's a small cottage industry of people who uh go to YouTube and become um uh, uh, what do they become they become certified youtube uh, you, uh producers and yeah. One of them, um, he and I were sitting on this couch, and we did a video for him and uh, together. And then I don't know, a couple months later, he said, "Hey, I'm I'm at YouTube, and they're uh, talking about your book, teaching your book." And so, long story short, um, Rachel Lightfoot uh, at Google YouTube, uh, her task was to understand why all the high volume audiences? Um, what was it about these uh, videos? What did they have in common that produced such high numbers, uh, high views, audience views? And so she um, looked around and did some investigating and stuff. She read Primal Branding, and then she realized that uh, she couldn't beat what was in the book. And so she just made that required reading. Uh, it's Again, the, the,
0: the, for people getting, getting on here late, the framework your seven pieces of differentiation, your primal code gives people le- a different lens to look through when evaluating a brand mm-hmm. and or or s- setting up yours or reconstructing and re or starting from scratch. I mean, so let's take one of your favorite brands and could would you be able to do this? Like take one of your favorite brands and give us. The seven pieces of code that they do well, real quick, and say, "Well, or just an example." So we with you, like Starbucks. This is the icon. Um, Their lexicon is the languaging to order coffee, which I feel like they've struck gold with because not a lot of people can duplicate that. So I mean, I walk into Dunkin' Donuts and I'm ordering a, you know, I'm using Starbucks language. It's how bad it is. Yeah. So give us uh, an example.
1: Yeah. So we brand around people, places, and things. So people Mm -hmm. can be stars or they can be you. Um, Places are, um, you know, the differences between um, Brooklyn and um, LA, you know, Santa Monica or something like that. Yeah, destination. You talk about that in one of your chapters. Uh, uh, Things can be products or services, Mm -hmm. but they can also be concepts like gravity or or, um, cryptocurrency or coronavirus. So let's do coronavirus. Okay. Well, the problem with coronavirus was that a narrative did not form around that that was absolutely solid in time, and or it was denied, right? And so uh, the creation story, where where coronavirus come from? Well, it came from Wuhan, China, right? The yeah. create is, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna kill you. Uh, the <laughs> icons are the that uh, plastic toy looking kind yep, of- that doll, they keep right? showing, Yeah that we all know and recognize, but also the face masks, right? Also, um, uh, the death counts, um, are iconic. Um, what else I guess if you, I haven't had coronavirus, thank goodness. uh, Dr. Fauci is iconic now. He's, he's iconic. Um, the, uh, the, Oh, the long swab (laughs) is iconic. Yeah. Uh, So there, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well done. Um, so uh, all those things are iconic. The maps, those are iconic. Yeah, um, there are probably some other things, and so uh, oh, I guess. And if you get it, that's my point. Is remember icons engage all the senses: sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. And so the way you feel when you get it uh, is also iconic, and uh, and the symptoms, right? Yeah. And so then, what do we have left? Uh, the rituals. Well, avoid avoiding it. Uh, the rituals include quarantine, uh, the swabbing. Um, contracting it, getting over it, hopefully. Um, Wearing masks on it in public. The ventilator, you know, ritual. Wearing the masks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, oh, you know, tuning into the news, watching Dr. Fauci. Uh,
1: particularly those, the first yeah, couple months. Mini rituals like checking the death count and all these yeah. sort of yeah. things that we're engaged in. Uh, lit, hearing that, uh, going through uh, Trump's tweets and all that kind of stuff. And so the ritual, uh, the lexicon, coronavirus, COVID-19, um, uh, the, the names, um, like Fauci, uh, Wuhan. Yeah. Uh, a, I mean, there is a whole lexicon around it, right. Uh, the swabbing and testing and all that quarantine, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, non-believers, uh, <laughs> Trump, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, uh, I don't know if uh, there are any other true non-believers at this point, but the, um, and then the leader, um, is the coronavirus itself, I suppose, but maybe the World Health Organization's and some other people. Uh, yeah. So,
0: yeah, yeah. understanding, yeah, you, sure. you took something that most people wouldn't think that you could break down in a brand a, as a brand, you, you know, and you did it with with a concept, which is the yeah. coronavirus. And that so, you can really say, remarkable, by the way. It's really right. cool.
1: If you could do it with coronavirus. You could do it with your own personal brand. Everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We've done it with Black Lives Matter also and some other things. So yeah. We, yeah.
0: Really, it's remarkable um how much this framework helps people. You use the word be intentional. I use the word being being purposeful and strategic in um laying yeah. out their brand. I, I can't imagine that anyone who watches or hears or listens to this doesn't stop and go, I need to really rethink my brand because there's components or pieces. There's one of these seven. That I'm, or more that I might be pretty good at. And there's others that you know you're completely lacking, or you haven't ever thought through. You definitely have not been intentional. You you use the word sometimes people can get lucky, Um, and and certainly I think there is a piece of luck that sometimes come into come into the mix. But I don't think Starbucks got lucky with you know creating the language. I think they sat down and said, let's change the way people order coffee. If we're going to charge more. Let's change yeah. the experience to go along with it. So the ritual, the lexicon is different when people walk into our, into our, uh, our stores. Not only that, it's not a coffee shop.
1: Yeah. You know, let's you change a good product and you have to have, um, you know, it's common sense to create a good surround around that product. Right. If, if you're serving coffee, you know, something like that, uh, have a restaurant, et cetera, the environment, you know, comes, comes with it hand in hand. And it's kind of obvious, but they uh, were more intentional about it. And again, you know, I, I've taken something that this allows people, Primal allows people to get trust, vision, values, relevance, resonance, um, all the things that billion-dollar brands spend, uh, powerful brands spend billions of dollars trying to get. I mean, Coca-Cola spends a billion dollars a year yeah. people- are not drinking the Coke as much as they used to. Right. So the, at least not in the United States. Uh, So the, um, and you can do it for free, as I said earlier. So uh, money helps though, (laughs) because, but money helps because you have to fill the, um, the media channels, Instagram, you know, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. So helps. Yeah, okay. okay. I want I want yeah. to
0: re encourage everyone to visit Primal branding dot co. You said you had something there for them. Yeah. Um, so they have to go to find out. And at the very least, um don't buy Patrick's book and read it. Buy it and study it and break it out for yourself. It is now um, I actually showed this to um a person that is working for uh, a, a top brand. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I won't give it out just out of respect for this particular client that I'm working with right now. And I showed them uh, what I did with my mind map with breaking down your primal branding, and he just sat there and said, "We haven't thought through any of that." And I said, "Then you cannot launch. Do not launch yet." And he and he says, "Well, I got to go back and we got to talk." And so he talked with the team. But because I kind of blew it up, I said, "No, no. Th- if you guys have not done this part, this is how I would start every project now." What, yeah. You know, or co- in this case, he's launching a, a, a online program that was significant, and um, and it's and I spent a lot of money in production into this. And I said, "You you cannot launch, and you do not have this part of your strategy worked out." I think it is the, I think it is it is essential groundwork that people have to do before. Um, launching a product a a, a a business idea or doing anything Even I think if I could rewind before I even started this show I should have went through this in the way that I've done it now for newer projects that have come up so thank you for that personally I'm just being sorry, um, and I know everybody else will thank you as well Patrick I would love to keep going but we're kind of at the end
1: um, let me just double check for questions here hours you said I'm sorry <laughs> I was kidding I said I thought this was for two hours. <laughs> I would love to
0: go for two hours. Uh, just joined it. Well, yes, you will be able to watch it back, um, and keep that in mind. You will be able to watch back to replay, and you'll be able to hear this uh, on all the podcast channels. Some people who are listening to this are listening to it on the podcast channels into the future. Um, what? Any other questions here? Hey Cynthia. Yeah. So. Somebody else had wrote. uh, Callan says she already read the book. I know that, um, probably already showed that. Sorry, Bruce. We, we, uh, I recommend, lo- I recommend a lot of books in my programs and courses, Patrick. If I had to say top three books that of all the books I recommend that people should, should get if they're serious about marketing and branding, um, and advertising, your books at the top of that list. So I am grateful for your time on here. Is there anything else you'd like to leave anybody with? Um, we have your site up here, emerging.primalbranding.co. What would be any, what would be one thing you'd hope people would take away from this that they could start doing tomorrow?
1: Oh, I would, I would hope that people are inspired enough about, um, themselves, uh, to be able to take these pieces, uh, work, work out your own narrative and make sure that you, uh, remain relevant and essential. In whatever you're doing.
0: And lastly, there's one piece I'm going to add. You can also apply this to your family. Patrick has shown me a way to help my children. Most of you know that are, have been, if you've been familiar with my show, I have nine children, seven in the home that are under the age of 16. And uh, literally from my eight-year-old uh, up, which is five of those, we have worked through the primal code as a family thanks to patrick so thank you for that as well
1: oh you bet yeah what do you believe in what are your rituals what things do you
0: celebrate yeah so justin goes in the last question here he says biggest biggest branding mistake that's big chunk what is the biggest branding mistake yes Uh, not to use primal branding i love it not to use primal branding let's end with that do i have to make
1: money or anything (laughs)
0: that is it not no that is that is it i mean the big i think that you're you're right because you can't name just one thing it's these seven pieces that go together not using primal branding not
1: leveraging this code i guess that's the one thing is is that it's not one thing yeah it's not one thing it's the seven things and the uh people are again I don't know if they were here earlier, but people are I'll just repeat myself the people are complex, and that is why they this is kind of complex. It's not one thing, it's not three things, it's seven, and the um, um you you know we try to simplify things as human beings, but this is complex, and that's why there's so few really powerful brands that are out there. You know, there are a hundred kinds of blue jeans. There are, you know, dozens of kinds of phones and computers and 300 kinds of cars. And, but some stick out and that's why.
0: This is why. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. Great. Thanks everyone for coming. Appreciate Appreciate you. Thanks everyone. Till next time, we've got John Ashraf on the show next, who's going to help us overcome our limiting beliefs and think more abundantly. I'll see everyone next time. Thanks for joining us.
1: Okay. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe Show with international business mentor Joe Soto.